Is the cryptocurrency market a card house that could collapse at any moment? And if so, what's underneath the card house? Well, if you tuned into the first two videos of this series, you know that it might frightfully be another card house. Hello, I'm Crypto Casey, and this is the third video in a three-part series where we investigate whether or not the cryptocurrency market, as well as the entire global financial system, is indeed on the verge of collapse. This is a beginner's guide where we will break down step-by-step step how Tether, the largest and most pervasive stablecoin, may have become a metastasized cancer that is too large and pervasive to simply remove without causing the entire crypto market to collapse. Here is a visual representation of the current structure of the cryptocurrency market. A card house with Tether as the bottom base level propping up everything else for now. In this third and final video, we are going to pull it all together and explore why the structure of the cryptocurrency market may be a card house on the verge of collapse courtesy of Tether, other stablecoins, lack of regulatory oversight, and the fact that its foundation is the inverted card house that is the current traditional financial system. Our goal by the end of this video series is for us to understand the traditional financial system's relationship with the cryptocurrency market, and if a crypto collapse can happen, how and when it could happen, and what we can do to protect ourselves as investors in this space. If you haven't yet, click on the link above to check out video two, where we learn about the structure of the cryptocurrency market and the crucial role that stablecoins like Tether play in its system. Awesome. Let's hit video three. Just a quick recap for a more seamless transition between the first two videos. Currently, the crypto markets are still highly correlated with the traditional markets, and on an abstract conceptual level, the crypto markets are still utilizing the traditional global financial system as a foundation. And here's a visual representation of the current state of the US financial system, an inverted or upside down card house. The lowest rows representing less risky assets and the highest rows representing the most risky assets. From bottom to top, we have a few real US treasury bonds, Above those, we have rehypothecated bonds and real estate, then mortgage-backed securities and commodities, next, stocks, bonds, and equities, and finally, options, futures, and derivatives. And as we reviewed earlier, the structure of the cryptocurrency market is a right-side-up cardhouse whose foundation is the traditional financial system inverted cardhouse, which when we pull it all together, looks something like this. In this video, we are going to focus mostly on the bottom row of the crypto cardhouse, Tether. So let's break down the situation together in six sections so we can get a better understanding about the current state of affairs in the crypto markets. Section one, Tether versus Lehman Brothers. If we consider the straw that broke Lehman Brothers back in the last global financial crisis, which was 1.2% of their portfolio that consisted of commercial paper going into default, that should be extremely worrisome. As we discussed in the last video, 50% of Tether's reserves consist of commercial paper which is unsecured corporate debt. To which companies? We don't know. And unlike a regulated entity like Lehman Brothers that has to list asset values using amortization schedules and similar to ensure accuracy of the asset's current valuations, Tether is able to list the value of its commercial paper as the purchase price, not what the commercial paper is worth at this time. So they very well could be reporting that 50% of their reserve assets are commercial paper at the price they initially purchased it for, Meanwhile, since then, the loans are in default, making them worthless. So we've got a regulated entity, Lehman Brothers, that had 1.2% of their portfolio go into default, which triggered the last global financial crisis. And we have Tether with 50% of their portfolio of the same type of assets that destroyed Lehman, except we have no idea who the corporations are that Tether lent out to, and we have no idea about the current status of the loans. 
A 1.2% default affected the entire global financial system by triggering a run on Lehman Brothers, which was stopped and mitigated by the government stepping in and guaranteeing the loans, the bailout. Consider the size of the cryptocurrency market compared to the entire global financial system, which is quite insignificant at this time. And then consider that the third largest cryptocurrency by market cap is Tether, and 50% of its reserve assets could be worthless. That is more than enough to cause a systemic collapse of the crypto market at any time, and there is no government that is going to step in and save the day. But wait, it gets darker. Section 2. Tether's Majority Holders So we know how pervasive Tether is in the crypto markets, but what's even more disturbing is how most of the Tether tokens in circulation are in a very small number of addresses, who owns those addresses, and where they are located. Check it out. Over 65% of Tether tokens are currently held through Chinese exchanges like Huobi and Binance, which is lovely considering the massive drama with China versus crypto and the massive drama recently with Binance. If China bans Tether, meanwhile over 65% of all Tether is held up in Chinese exchanges, what do you think they're going to do with all that Tether? Yeah, they're going to get rid of it. Not good. Also, out of the 3.3 million total Tether addresses, the top 100 addresses hold more than 45% of all circulating Tether. That means then less than 0.00003% holds over 45% of all Tether tokens. It would not take many people liquidating their Tether to end the musical chairs game that is the cryptocurrency market right now. But it's even worse than that. Get this, the top 10 addresses, which accounts for a whopping 0.000003% of all the existing Tether addresses, holds and controls over 25% of all the circulating Tether tokens. This means if one person or entity or whoever is in control of one of these 10, 10, only 10 wallets, decides to liquidate all of their Tether, it would start a massive run on Tether to redeem for dollars that are most certainly not available for redemption, thinking back to Tether's 2.9% cash in reserves. So when the music stops, there will not be enough chairs for everyone to sit in. The fate of the entire crypto market is extremely concentrated among a few people, likely in a country that is on a warpath to ban cryptocurrency at large. Big yikes, guys. Big, big yikes. Section 3. Tether and Trading So 50-60% to 60 of all Bitcoin trades are for Tether, which considering the fun facts we just shared together previously is a scary situation for the price of Bitcoin. Trades aren't just back and forth between Tether and Bitcoin and other cryptos. Trading can also consist of margin and leverage trading. And due to lack of regulation and oversight, there is an unknown amount of leverage in the crypto markets right now. And as we go through this section, also keep in mind how we discussed in the last video how rehypothecation of crypto, like Tether via lending, is absolutely out of control. And if you haven't watched that video yet, you can do so by clicking on the link above. Okay, cool. So as if lending out the same Tether a million times over isn't bad enough, Let's talk about how it relates to margin and leverage trading and how it exponentially multiplies by a staggering factor how bad a systemic collapse of crypto could be if there was a run on Tether. How margin and leverage trading works in crypto. Margin and leverage trading in crypto is gambling with money you don't have. People borrow money that has likely been lent out five times over to make a bet about the future price of Bitcoin or other crypto and then sit and pray for massive, massive profits that nine times out of 10 do not materialize. Quite the opposite, actually. Check it out. Let's say this person has $1,000 that they decide to gamble, and the exchange they go to use offers to lend them an additional $250 to gamble with for free. Awesome, free money to gamble with? Sign me up, right? And that they did. 
They took the $250 loan and gamble a total of $1,250 on the unknown future price of Bitcoin. Nice. And just to further set the scene, when this person gave the exchange their $1,000, the exchange credited their account with $1,000 worth of Fuguzi Fugazi Fairy Dust Tether tokens and took the real $1,000 cash to either reinvest in likely rehypothecated treasury bonds, pay for real expenses like office supplies, payroll, etc., or similar. Oh, and that $250 they lent to that person was lent to them from another exchange where they also took some poor soul's real cash in exchange for Tether plus 10% interest to let them borrow it out. So who actually has the real original Tether tokens in lending situations? Nobody knows. But does it really matter? Because in the end, if an extremely small amount of people with an extremely large amount of Tether decide to get out, no one will be able to redeem the Tether for anything anyhow. Awesome. Back to the example. So on the original exchange where the gamble in question is taking place, on their balance sheet, they show $1,250 worth of assets, $1,000 of which is Tether, and $250 of which is rehypothecated Tether. And the total $1,250 of Tether is only as good as its reserves, which is largely unknown, but probably worthless. See how the cardhouse situation is starting to play out, right? So let's say the gambler in our example bet that the price of Bitcoin would increase. And at the time of the bet, the price of Bitcoin was $30,000. But as luck would have it, unfortunately, the price of Bitcoin falls to $22,500, which is a 25% decrease. What happens? Well, the $250 they borrowed becomes due and is instantly wiped out. The $1,000 of Tether they gambled is now worth $750. And considering that they had to pay the $250 back that they never had in the first place, they only have $500 of Tether remaining. Also notice how the balance sheet of the exchange went from a cool $1,250 asset to a paltry $500 asset. Now imagine this on a large scale where tons of crypto is being rehypothecated, a large percentage of the trading is via Tether, lots of entities have been borrowing against one set of real dollars to create digital representations of dollars out of thin air, and then a flash crash happens and their underlying asset values drop. Very unstable. The antithesis of what stablecoins should be capable of in crypto. Section four, tether printing. It was once believed that for every tether issued into circulation, it was from someone else depositing a real US dollar into tether's bank account. So when lots of tether was entering the crypto markets, people believed it signaled lots of money coming into the space. New investors with new money, or existing investors with more money. People and companies choosing to invest more capital in the space is a great thing. However, over time, and since we now know that each Tether token has never, ever, once in its entire existence been backed one-to-one -one by real dollars, and since we know its shady characters, business structure, and foul play, it's become quite clear that Tether has adopted Fed Chair Jerome Powell's go-to move. That's right, printing Tether out of thin air. And every time there was a massive increase in the supply of Tether, it perfectly correlated with a massive increase in Bitcoin's price. In fact, if you remember from the last video, over 50% of Bitcoin's price increase was due to Bitfinex and Tether manipulating the price. Also suspiciously, but rather unsurprisingly, Tether is the only stablecoin that only increases in supply and doesn't decrease. People aren't redeeming their Tether for dollars or other crypto, please. They are, but Tether tokens have been lent out and rehypothecated so many times. There's no regulation or oversight. And so Tether prints to their heart's desire to their few cronies that hold ungodly amounts of Tether tokens. And what are they doing? Likely buying a lot of Bitcoin and other crypto. And then what? Holding or selling for real dollars. 
Who knows? But either way, this is the main thing that vastly concerns me in the short term. We don't know how much crypto valuations are propped up from debt. And not just debt. Debt upon debt upon debt. Debt issued upon something that's underlying asset valuation is unknown. Risky, commercial paper, junk bonds, rehypothecated treasuries where the same treasury simultaneously exists on who knows how many other entities' balance sheets, all as collateral for loans. So both aimless printing of Tether tokens as well as rampant rehypothecation of stable coins at large is absolutely propping up the current prices of crypto today. And when either people get scared and do a run on stablecoins, or when stablecoins get the smackdown from governments, it will likely affect the crypto markets. Let's talk about how and when. Section 5. How and when a crypto collapse could happen. Let's talk about how a crypto collapse could happen. I think the most likely scenario is that one or many of the few addresses holding large amounts of Tether tokens dumps causing a mass liquidation of Tether and crypto at large. Why? Because everyone a part of the Tether scheme knows they do not have underlying reserve assets backing all the circulating tokens. They feel the heat from regulators worldwide. And yes, for years and years at this point, there has been Tether FUD, but it's coming to a head and coming to an end soon. They know it, their buddies running exchanges know it. So what would you do if you were a criminal committing a crime for so long that's about to come to an end. Do you just let everyone else that's not in on it pull out of the market first? Or do you and your cronies pull out first? Right, so I think they will orchestrate a D-Day and get out, causing a mass liquidation and mass crash of the crypto market. It's either that or the market loses confidence first and starts pulling out. Or the government could wield its sword and cause a run to begin as well. But I think they are less likely to do that because they know how inextricably intertwined crypto has become with the traditional markets and a crypto crash could cause a breakdown in their precious stock market as well. So when could a crypto collapse happen? It could be sooner than we think. Here are some reasons why. Tether's next audit is due this month. And as we all know, the very first audit they produced for Q1 was extremely alarming. Also, Congress has given the SEC a July 28th deadline to address crypto regulations. And you know, they are especially keen to sort out the stablecoin fiasco. The US is approaching its debt limit and Congress is running out of time to address that. Also, the Fed continues to buy treasuries, which is increasing the money supply. Reverse repo activity that we discussed in video one suggests that there is way too much counterparty risk for financial institutions to park excess cash anywhere except for the Fed, which is creating deflationary pressure in the economy. We also have way too much liquidity in the financial system without adequate collateral in circulation, which is causing banks to choose not to lend, stifling economic stimulation. We have asset prices bubbling, Prices of goods and services increasing, supply and demand for goods are simultaneously dropping, and as always, the last Friday of each month, options expire. On top of it all, we are in the midst of typical summer doldrums, and lots of uncertainty awaits as the Northern Hemisphere enters into flu season in the wake of the COVID Delta variant situation. Look, the tether thing has been a long overdue, long time coming thing, but there is a perfect storm of events converging over the next couple weeks and months that has me confident that something will happen. A crypto crash? Maybe. A slow bleed out over time in crypto? Maybe. Lots of boring sideways movement keeping us relatively stable? Maybe. A massive bull transcending crypto prices parabolic? Sure, anything is possible. Tether hasn't been printing any new Tether tokens in a while, which is probably most of the reason we've been sideways now but they could decide to start printing Tether by the millions, massively stimulating the crypto market for a final hurrah to drive up prices before exiting. 
Or better yet, I think this would be the best case scenario. Tether is slowly, carefully extracted from the market, while regulation and oversight are imposed, allowing more trustworthy stablecoins to take its place, and preferably a lot of different ones so we don't have one stablecoin that can corner the entire market like Tether has. Either way, I'm going with a crash or slow bleed out. I'm bearish on crypto for the short term, especially uncertain about what the coming weeks and months hold. I'm still super bullish for the years to come in the space, but for now, let's talk about how we can protect ourselves as investors in the space during these uncertain times. Section six, worst case scenario, crypto collapse. So what happens if crypto collapses? Well, some entities go insolvent and people that have lent out their money who have zero clue how many times it has been lent out and rehypothecated, when they go to redeem their loan, there may not be, and probably isn't, enough actual dollars in the system to cover everything. And it's the same situation for most of the other stablecoins, as there is no regulation or oversight at the moment. And even if decentralized stablecoins are available, like DAI, the volume associated with them isn't enough to keep things afloat if Tether goes bust. And we discussed in the last video, there is no FDIC insurance behind any stablecoins and any stablecoins stuck in the market when a mass run on them occurs, it will likely affect their dollar peg, as we've seen in the past. This happened with Bitfinex Exchange back in October of 2019. Bitfinex froze withdrawals and stopped allowing deposits of dollars into Tether, and the dollar peg went down to 85 cents. Sure, there was no market crash, but the value of Tether went down by 15%. The same and similar would happen again. Tether withdrawals will be frozen, exchanges could halt trading activity and likely all deposit and withdrawal activity, people will freak out, and the price of stablecoin could fall below the $1 peg. Anything you have on exchanges, be prepared to have access, deposit, and withdrawal restrictions, all while the price of everything drops significantly and quickly, to the tune of could be 80-90%. to 90%. Literally be prepared to watch the value of your accounts drop while there's nothing you're able to do about it. As entities like exchanges go insolvent, lawsuits get filed. People sign up for them, but in the end, lawsuits take years, and if there's nothing to recover, there's nothing to recover. No stablecoin or crypto is backed by the FDIC. The government will not come in and save you, and with lack of regulations and most of these entities existing on a global scale, the legal system is far too behind to rely on if you lose your funds. If restrictions are lifted, people will be so desperate they would take 50 cents per stablecoin than nothing at all if that's the only option. Either way, we all need to make a decision. If you are comfortable with the possibility of an 80 to 90% pullback and would hold for the long term anyways, talking a year, five years, and want to avoid the tax implications of selling and want to keep your crypto, get it off the exchanges yesterday and onto cold storage hardware wallets. Bear in mind that even if you have your crypto on a hardware wallet, the value and price that you see on the market will be the same value and price of your investments in your wallet. The only difference between leaving them on the exchange versus your own wallet is if the exchange goes bankrupt and your crypto is still on the exchange, you will probably lose them forever and not be able to recover your funds. On your hardware wallet, sure, the value drops, but you still own the crypto. You can scroll down to the description area below to access the correct and official sites of my recommended hardware wallets. BC Vault is my personal favorite. Another option is the Ledger Nano Backup Pack. So scroll down to check them out. If you choose to stay in your crypto positions, also consider what you're invested in. Could small and medium cap projects survive if post-crash we have a long nuclear bear winter? Most won't. So I would assess my portfolio and hold on to the larger cap main cryptocurrencies if that's how you choose to play out a potential crash. Bear in mind that even if the crypto is on your hardware wallet, if a project fails and the token becomes worthless, or if the project is very small, 
After a crash, there may not be enough buyers available in the market if you choose to sell, rendering it worthless. So consider that possibility. If you are not comfortable with the possibility of a significant crash in the short term, consider consulting with an accountant about the tax implications of selling and trade your crypto for cash and withdraw the cash to an FDIC insured bank account. If you're a high roller, consider only putting a max of $250,000 per bank account as the FDIC only insures up to $250,000 per depositor. If a crash happens or a slow bleed out happens, it would present great opportunities for jumping back in after we know more about what the heck is going on. Or if we rise and continue the bull cycle, sure, you may miss some gains, but at least you got some sleep over the next coming weeks and months, right? Section seven, crypto Casey's play. This is not financial advice. This is what I decided to do based on what I think may happen and on my unique current situation. Tether is so entrenched in the crypto market and considering the totality of all the information we discussed over the course of this three-part video series, I can't in my wildest imagination figure out how we can avoid a substantial collapse if or when Tether goes bust. I also can't in my wildest imagination see how Tether would be able to continue on its current path for much longer considering the current perfect storm brewing we discussed earlier. At the end of the day, bear markets are perfect for building. We shake out all of the crypto tourists, the fundamental investors stay like we always have been the last several years, and we build. We build our knowledge about technology, about finance, investing, economics, psychology, the government, business structures, geopolitical relations, history, everything that affects cryptocurrency, where it's headed and how it will get there. With that knowledge, we can build income streams that help us maintain our wealth over time, regardless of what market cycle we are in. If we enter another extended bear market, most of you will quit crypto altogether and only come back for the next bull cycle. If you would rather use a bear cycle to build your knowledge in crypto, consider protecting your ability to generate income in the space by learning more about the advanced technical concepts of blockchain to become a developer in the space. Ivan on Tech's Academy is a great resource to consider. And if you use the link below, you can get access to the Academy at a discounted price. So scroll down to check it out. So my play considering all of the uncertainty ahead in the short term that may create extraordinary buying opportunities if you're a long-term fundamental investor in the space is selling all small and mid-cap altcoins, cashing out 60% of my positions and keeping the cash on the side for the short term. The 40% I'm holding consists of Bitcoin, Ether, Chainlink, Polkadot, and Matic. And yes, I know I'm a big proponent of don't try to time the market, but again, it looks like a weird perfect storm may be underway, so I'm acting more cautiously for the time being. If I lived in a country with untrustworthy banks and an already hyperinflated, largely worthless fiat currency, I would probably just keep my Bitcoin and major crypto on a wallet. Getting it off exchanges if you want to keep crypto is imperative right now, in my opinion. Again, not financial advice. This is the play I put into action for my unique position. Hopefully this video series will give you some things to consider when assessing your own unique position during these crazy times. And behold, for the last time in this series, the structure of the current traditional financial system in the form of an inverted card house that also currently serves as the foundation of the entire cryptocurrency market card house. The crypto card house that is most certainly courtesy of Tether. Awesome. Congratulations for making it through the final chapter of this video series. I hope it helps us all better understand and appreciate the current state of the crypto market so we can all implement ways to protect our investments. This is the final video in a three-part video series, so make sure to check them all out to get the full scoop. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to like this video and subscribe to my channel for more crypto content. So do you guys think there will be a crypto market crash soon?
Or am I being too bearish? What's your plan of attack over the next month or so? Let me know in the comments below. Be safe out there. Thank you.